You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast, and I am your host, Evie Rupp. Today, it is just me flying solo. It's my turn to take over your headphones or Bluetooth speaker or phone or car speaker. Honestly, I'm getting off track already. Okay, it is my turn (laughs) to share a deep dive into my story. So if you missed it, Lindsay's story was last week. So go ahead and listen to that because it's a gem. And I am excited to be chatting with you today. Now, one of the biggest questions I get is, how did you get into photography? And I've shared an overview a lot of places before, including episode one of this podcast, as well as a lot of other guest podcast interviews. But I've never really taken you behind the scenes of everything, every step of the way. So let's do that today, shall we? You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, my friend, I want you to consider this bestie story time with PJs and a good glass of wine or a good bowl of ice cream or whatever your treat of choice is. And we are curled up on the couch just having a good girl chat or friend chat. That's my goal with today's episode. I'm going to go ahead and start on just my story and what got me to where I am today. Now, contrary to most photographer stories, I honestly was not the girl who (laughs) carried around a camera from a really young age. In fact, I honestly had no interest in photography until I was about 16. I am going to get to that particular part of how I got into it in a second, but I do want to give you just a little bit of background onto my childhood so you can know kind of the way I was raised and and my upbringing, my family life, and all of that, because I think that plays a big role into my story. So I was homeschooled my entire life. My whole schooling was from my mother in my PJs at home. I make tons of homeschool jokes now just because... (laughs) I have heard them all. And I think so many of them are so funny. So if you ever want to crack a homeschool joke with me, just come on and chat. I love them. (laughs) So I was homeschooled and both of my parents are entrepreneurs. My dad has been an entrepreneur pretty much his whole life, including running his own company and his own business, um, as well as being a freelancer. And so I kind of grew up around that and that trickled down to all of us siblings as well. So I have two brothers and a sister. And I think honestly, it started to show in my older siblings a lot sooner than I really saw it or recognized it in myself. I was very creative growing up. So I was in theater super heavily from about six years old. I loved it. My personality has always loved the spotlight. Oops. I'm the person who all the world is my stage. And the more stage time I get, the more lines I got. Oh, the happier I was. Put the spotlight right on me. Thank you. Um, So I have always had a big uh, performance, um, creativity. I just, I loved having 
something that I was creating, whether it was a story that I was, you know, playing out on stage or an imaginary game that I was playing with the neighborhood kids. It it just, it didn't matter. I would even, you know, write. I wrote novels um, when I was little. I wrote tons of short stories and several novels just because I loved writing. I loved creating. And I was just never interested in photography though. I just had never had that world opened up to me. But that creative side definitely came big into play as a child. And I think that was a lot of what cultivated that desire and that hunger for storytelling and creativity and imagination and thinking outside of the box. So I wanted to include that in just a little bit of my story. And I think being homeschooled played a big part into my growth and learning as a photographer and as a business owner because I was raised with with this worldview, this lifestyle of I taught myself. My mom would hand me a textbook and I would go through the textbook and I would learn. And if I had issues, I would go to my mom. But otherwise, you know, I taught myself and I learned and I would figure it out. If I had questions, I would, you know, go to the the manual or, or whatever. I would figure it out myself. And I really think that came into play a lot as I grew my business. And so as a child, I also honestly had a big leaning towards business, but I didn't realize it for a long time. I would make lemonade stands. I sold cookies to the neighbors. I, you know, would have like bake sales, garage sales. I got a paper route with my brother from a pretty young age. We started a landscaping business together too. And we worked for my dad's business. So I loved business. I loved entrepreneurship. I loved starting new things and earning money and saving money. And I just didn't see that in myself for a very long time. I didn't realize it. So fast forward to when I was 15, I think this is when my story really began to pick up and just kickstart. I attended a political leadership camp called Teen Pack Leadership Schools, and it rocked my world, honestly. It sparked such a passion in me for public speaking, leadership, and public service. So I became heavily involved in that ministry for the next three to four years. I attended, you know, two to three of their different camps per year for a little while, and then eventually became a staff member and then a travel staff member, um, which was essentially kind of like an internship with them, uh, although they had a next level internship as well. But I traveled the country with them on staff, leading other teenagers and young adults around the country when I was a teenager. And so that was part of the cool thing of this ministry is that um, it taught and trained young adults and teenagers to be leaders, even from a very young age. And I think that really impacted between that ministry and my parents and the way that they raised all of us kids. I think I learned from a young age to be a leader in whatever environment I was in. And I really saw that come into play in my business later on. But I am so grateful for Teen Pact and that ministry and everything that it taught me, you know, from critical thinking to servant leadership, to public speaking, to interacting with high-level officials. I met with governors and secretaries of state and, you know, all sorts of senators and and representatives and spoke to them as a leader for this organization, setting up, you know, their speeches to our class or, you know, interviewing them. And I talked to people around the country and it taught me so much about professionalism and, you know, public speaking and so much more. I'm so, so grateful. And because I was spending months immersed in state governments around the country, I honestly fell in love with the political world. And um, by the time I was 16, I knew I wanted to go into politics. 
But backtrack just a tiny bit. At the exact same time that I was getting into Teen Pact in that ministry around age 15, I also fell in love with photography. So this is where my photo life comes into play. I was attending one of my good friend's 16th birthday parties. So Catherine was one of my good friends, and her older brother, Ben, had just graduated from college with, I think, film and photography or some something along those lines in college. And so what we did for her birthday was we went to a public gardens, um, around our house that was only open for, I think like a week out of the entire year. It was a private property, but they opened it to the public for about a week. So super beautiful, like manicured gardens. And I think there were like four or five of us girls, uh, a lot of them theater buddies. <laughs> and we frolicked around this garden for Catherine's birthday party and her brother, Ben took photos of us. So he basically offered her a sweet 16th birthday party photo shoot with her friends. And it was so much fun. We like had a blast frolicking around and posing for Ben and just like, it was so much fun. And I was intrigued at that point. And the part though, that really tipped me over the edge was seeing the final photos. So Ben sent out the gallery to all of us girls and I was 15 years old and I was just blown away. I was like, I was there in that moment of those photos being taken. I remember this. And this photo, like not only captured that moment, but it made it better. It This looks even better than how I remember it. Like this is beyond my wildest dreams. And it just sparked something in me that was intrigued immediately by what I'd seen. So from that point on, I was just interested. I went and grabbed my parents' point-and-shoot camera, literally such a bad camera. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for letting me use it, though, and trusting me with it outside and running around and no straps. And yep. Anyways, so I grabbed my parents' point-and-shoot camera and practiced, and I actually found that photography was challenging for me. I was a very creative, incredibly visual person. Like I am so visual. I have such a visual memory. I can see what I want and I, I, I work to get what I'm seeing in my head. I was struggling with photography though. That was the thing that was interesting to me was that I didn't just naturally click and think, oh, all of this is going to look good. It was actually, you know, more work for me. And so I am the type of person where if something is challenging for me, I want to master it. So I immediately began to pour hours and hours and hours into learning photography and practicing. I shot flowers and grasses and trees and my siblings who, my brother, poor brother, hates me for it to this day. Um, and I just practiced on everything. And then after a few months of practicing on my parents' point-and-shoot camera, I spent my hard-earned cash, which I saved my money like a maniac as a child. I spent my hard-earned cash on a Canon 60D. So that was my first camera. It was a crop sensor, but it was a DSLR. And I was so excited. So Ben, my friend's brother, who he actually became one of my good friends as well because he joined the theater troupe and, and we were in place together for months. And he helped me learn how to work my camera on manual. And I went from there. I'm so, so grateful that Ben just gave me so much encouragement of getting into photography and sat down with me and taught me about ISO and aperture and shutter speed and, and white balance and, you know, answered so many questions as I was learning just how to operate my camera on manual. 
And from there, I just began to practice daily, literally the minute my schoolwork would be done, the minute it was a weekend, anything, I would be outside or even in my bedroom practicing. And most of that time I spent taking self-portraits. So I was working my butt off taking photos of myself and learning by trial and error what worked, what didn't, how to edit. I was learning everything behind the scenes. I was practicing on all of my friends. Oh, my poor friends. I would be like, hey, do you want to get together for a photo shoot? Let me figure this out. And half the photos wouldn't turn out, of course, but it was such a fun learning process. And I also took my camera as I was still on staff with Teen Pack traveling the country. I took my camera with me there. I would take photos of the beautiful places that we were in, the camps, and the students that we were teaching as well as the staff team and, you know, capturing those memories. I just practiced my booty off. And then around that same time, you know, a lot of my friends were starting to graduate, my brother's friends, and I started taking senior photos for all of them as they graduated. And then I think I was around 16. So over a year into shooting pretty much daily, I figured out I wanted to try wedding photography. I was in love with this one photographer forever at this point, Sarah Long Photography. She just, I oh, I can't even describe her work. It was just so beautiful. And it was just, I hadn't seen anything like it in the photography world. And I wasn't following that many photographers at that point on any of my platforms. So I just loved her work. She lived a few hours south of me in Ohio. And I wanted to assist her and learn from her more than anything. So... I attended a friend's wedding. I think I was around 16 and a half, I think. And guess who was shooting that wedding? Yeah, you guessed it. It was Sarah. And I walked up to her. I introduced myself and I explained who I was and my photography experience and that I really wanted to second shoot with her and learn from her. She was so sweet, but she did tell me no to second shooting because she shot alone. But she's like, I'll take your number. Maybe we can grab coffee and talk or something. And I'll let you know if I ever have a second shooting opportunity or anything down the road. I was like, cool, great. Sounds awesome. And a couple weeks later, she texted me. She was pregnant and needed an assistant to carry all of her stuff at a wedding. And I jumped at that opportunity. So that was the first wedding I actually attended as a photographer, quote unquote, or I guess a photographer's assistant at that point. And she told me I could shoot behind her um, if I wasn't carrying anything for her. So I took my dinky little uh, 60D camera and my 51.8 and I shot behind her as much as I could. And I learned so much from that first wedding because I'd never seen the behind the scenes inner workings of a wedding. I hadn't realized oh, the photographer really runs the day and runs the timeline. And there's a lot of pressure on the photographer and timelines can get really tight and you have to learn how to work with that. And wow, family photos are a lot if you don't know how to manage them really well. And so I learned and saw so much firsthand that I hadn't really experienced before. So I think that was around the fall of 2015. And then I got my first official second shooting job gig, whatever you want to call it, from my friend Rachel Papp in September of 2015. So she reached out to me and asked me, or I reached out to her. I honestly can't remember, but I'm pretty sure she reached out to me because she saw I was pursuing photography. And I got a legit second shooter gig and I shot a wedding with her and it was uh, 
amazing. I learned even more. My mind was just being blown with each wedding that I was assisting at. I was like, how is this possible? It was so much fun. So at this point, I was sure. I know I want to go into wedding photography. I know I want to pursue this at some point in my life. And so right then and there, I think fall of 2015, I created a Facebook page, a business name, a business entity, all of it. I just created everything. Evelyn Grace Photos in the fall of 2015. Fast forward a little bit. I believe it was the winter of 2015, 2016. One of my best friend's sister, who was also a good friend, got married and my whole family attended her wedding. It was super sweet, super pretty. And I saw a few months later the photos on Facebook, the entire album on Facebook. I was shocked going through the that gallery. I just my mind could not handle it. I was, this is insane. And I messaged the photographer whose name was Laura. We ended up, I was just raving about the photos. I was like, I can't get enough of this. And she was like, you are so sweet. And we started talking. And next thing you know, she asks me to second shoot with her. And I began second shooting 20 plus weddings a year with Laura for the next two years. So I started off with just assisting with Sarah and then second shooting one wedding with Rachel. And then next thing you know, within a couple of months, I was a full-time second shooter for a super sweet, super talented photographer in Ohio. Now, within a few months of second shooting a lot of weddings that spring, so spring of 2016, two theater friends of mine got engaged and asked me to take their engagement photos and shoot their wedding. It was um, my first wedding on my own, and I charged them, I think, about $200. (laughs) It was... uh, very, very stretching and challenging for me. I learned a lot. I messed up a lot. Uh, I don't think I even got detail ring photos. And I also don't think I got any cake photos. Uh, There was just so much going on and I was not exactly a pro at that point, but they loved their photos. They were so grateful. And I remember sitting outside of the getting ready location, calling Laura, my main photographer friend, and literally panicking. I remember calling her and being like, okay, remind me what I need to do again. Do you really think I can do this? Laura, I'm really nervous. She was the sweetest, most comforting and encouraging person I could have possibly had in my life. She was like, you can do this. I know you can. You are such a talented photographer. I'm so excited. If you need me at any point during the day, just text or call me. I'm here for you. She was so, so amazing. One other fun fact really fast about that wedding. I remember that getting ready location that I was sitting outside of crying. I actually called an inn nearby of my bride and groom's wedding location. They wanted getting ready photos, but they didn't have an aesthetic getting ready location. And I already knew from all the weddings that I'd second shot up until then, how important a getting ready location was, the lighting, the location, the aesthetic, everything. And so I talked to my bride and groom and was like, how can I help? Let me, yeah, let me call and find you a location. And so I called around and this really cute, quaint, beautiful in with a beautiful garden area. I called to see if we could do some getting ready photos there and their first look in their garden. And I literally offered to send them all the photos, to promote them on my social media, to put them in the blog post in order for us to have access to their venue for literally an hour. And they offered it and granted it. And it was so beautiful and so cool. But I remember from the beginning, literally that was my first wedding that I shot. I saw it 
every and any opportunity to go above and beyond for my couples. I knew they needed a good getting ready location. I knew my bride was overwhelmed with planning and didn't know where to start and that I would have a better idea of lighting and location. And so I put in the research and I called the venues and I put myself out there. And I honestly think that made all the difference in my work, that I was going above and beyond for my couples from the very beginning without even, it wasn't a conscious marketing ploy to, you know, try to serve them really well so they'd give me a really good review. I was trying everything in me was trying to just serve and love my couples beyond their wildest dreams. And I really think that was a huge part of my success. So right after this wedding, I built my first website (laughs) and it was crap. (laughs) It was real bad. I wish I still had it so I could show you, but oh my Lanta, it was very interesting. So as a reminder and a recap, at this point in my story, I am 17 years old. I am still in high school full-time. I am traveling the country for weeks at a time with that political organization leading camps all over the country. And I am shooting 20 to 25 weddings a year as a second shooter, not even mentioning my own portrait or couple shoots, which was about at least one to two a week. I had my plate full with everything. But I was still fully set on going into politics. So I knew that's where I wanted to go. I was pursuing it. And because of that, I also knew I wanted to have a firm foundation before heading into something that can be so twisted and and crazy. And there's a lot that goes on into politics. I still love it, but I know it's just a very difficult field to be in. And I wanted a firm foundation under me. So I went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Northern California, the summer of 2016 through the spring of 2017. I still had a serious photography hobby business going on on the side, but I honestly thought at that point that I would turn that into a business probably 10 years down the road when I was married and had some kids and wanted to leave politics and and wanted that flexibility of working from home and having my own business. So I was not anticipating anything with my photography at any time in the near few years. I was dead set on going into politics. So while I was in Northern California, though, I booked three weddings back home in Ohio for the following year without even marketing it. I had slowed way down on photography marketing just because I knew I wanted to go into politics and my plate would be full with college and everything. But I still did a bunch of shoots while I was in NorCal because I loved, loved, loved the scenery out there and I still loved photography. So fast forward through the whole school year, I had booked a few weddings back home. I had shot a few sessions up in Northern California, but I wasn't pursuing photography necessarily. I did know though, as I was preparing to move back home to Ohio. So after the nine months of school was up, it was the spring of, you know, 2017 heading back home. I knew that I did need to uplevel my photography just a little bit. So that old garbage website I scrapped and I spent two full weeks as I was ending the school year, packing up, saying bye to friends, getting ready to move. I spent all of my free time for two weeks doing nothing but designing a new website. And it wasn't glorious by any means, but it was a major upgrade from the last one. And I knew that if I wanted to have at least a little bit of a hobby photography business going for a while, I needed to up level. The other thing that I want to say about that season is that through school, and especially as I left and moved back home to Ohio, I was sharing tons of my personal life, encouragement, and just 
life on Instagram. I was showing up regularly with fun or deep or just relatable content. And I think that kind of set the stage for the next season of life. So now we're in the spring of 2017 and I have just moved back home from living on my own in Northern California, going to school, having friends, having a roommate to living with my parents. I love them. It was a transition for sure. But once I got home, God clearly and suddenly closed the door to politics. I was honestly so stunned. I had been planning on this for years. I had felt so certain that God was calling me to it, and I had worked so hard towards it. I had everything lined up from my degree to my internship to my job, everything. But it was such a clear no, and I just sat there and went, what do I do now? And honestly, I didn't know what to do. So I got a job at a really nice Italian restaurant. It was 45 minutes from my parents' house, but my parents live on a beautiful farm way outside of the city. And so that was the closest job where I would actually earn some money. And I commuted 45 minutes one way every single day. So I was driving at least an hour and a half a day to work. And it was honestly such a great time for me to sit and learn podcasts and, you know, spend time with the Lord. It was such a hard season for me. If you haven't heard more of of that season, I just, I'm just going to synopsize it here because that's not really a ton to do with my photography business. It was just a personal heart season for me, but everything that I felt gave me earthly joy in my life in that season had been completely stripped away. I had just broken up with Landon. Um, And that was the most painful thing I think I've ever been through in my life. And I've been through some stuff in my life for sure. Um, My entire career path, politics, had just been closed in my face. I was transitioning from living on my own in the beautiful state of California, having my own apartment and living my own adult life to moving back in with my parents. And they are my heroes in life. They are two of my best friends. I seriously adore my parents, but it was a transition for all of us. For me as an adult now, you know, at 18, 19 years old to be moving back in with them and, you know, experiencing the shift of, I am an adult now, but still living in my parents' home. And it was just, it was hard. Everything had been stripped from me in that season. And I honestly feel that that commute was the best thing that could have happened to me. I grew and learned and developed so much on those drives to and from work every single day. And I honestly miss those rides more than I can say. As crazy as that sounds, I loved that commute. Anyways, that's a personal side tangent that doesn't really have a lot to do with my photography and starting my business, but it gives you a little bit of a background into that season. So right around that time, I not only started working at that restaurant, but I also started second shooting with Laura again. And honestly, I was just trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life. I knew though, in the midst of everything going on, that I needed and wanted to be faithful with what was in front of me. I needed to give my all to what I had on my plate at that moment. And that was honestly the restaurant and my photography. Those were the only two things that I had. So I had, like I mentioned before, a few weddings booked for that year. And my first one was in June. And I shot that wedding and something clicked everything just clicked in me. I was like, this is fun. I actually, like, I love this. I could see myself doing this now. Why, 
why wasn't I pursuing that as, as a business before? And I just started to pursue photography as more than just a, you know, a nice, good hobby business. I began to pursue it as a business. And through that season, I kind of mentioned this, I chose to continue to live with my parents to save on rent while I saved up to travel, to shoot, to invest in my gear and to build my business. And it was such a hard season in a lot of ways, but it was so worth it and so good. And I'm so grateful that I made that choice that I didn't just try to go out immediately and get my own apartment or move back to California because I was really strongly considering that. And I'm grateful that I stayed put. I made the sacrifice to stay with my parents and to save up and invest in myself, my gear, and my business. So we are in the summer of 2017 at this point, and I missed traveling. I'd traveled so much with that political organization and with my school in California, and I just missed being out and about. And so I began to market myself as a destination wedding photographer. So I hustled. This was the point where I really began to just pour my everything into my marketing. I traveled down to North Carolina to see my sister and my brother-in-law. I posted to Instagram at that point and offered cheap shoots there at the beach, you know, offered a discount. I hosted a giveaway for a destination shoot and I drove eight hours in one day to shoot the winning couple in Virginia. I booked a senior shoot with a past teen pact, the political organization. I also booked a senior shoot with a past teen pact student in Massachusetts in October of 2017. And I was stoked out of my mind. It was the first full price, full travel fee shoot that I had done. Everything else had been either discounted shoot, discounted travel fees, or discounted both. But this one was full price on everything. And I sat on that plane. I remember sitting on that plane, flying to Massachusetts and being like, I made it. I've done it. It's full price. Everything is full price. And I'm really doing this. I'm really a destination photographer. I was so excited. (laughs) Around this time too, I traveled back to Northern California to visit old school friends. And I did some Instagram calls for like two or three shoots while I was out there. And I offered so many discounts at this point. I promoted any and all travel that I was doing. And I talked about destination photography like I was already in the thick of it, even though realistically, I was scraping together any excuse, opportunity, chance I could get to travel and shoot for free or shoot for discounted. But I talked about it in a way that I was traveling and I was a destination photographer and I was very confident in my skills as a photographer. And so I began to put that out in the world and be like, I want to shoot you. Where are you? Where do you want me to come to? Because I am coming to you. So just tell me where and I'll be on a plane. And I really think that hustle of breaking into the destination space really broke stuff open. And I also engaged on Instagram super heavily with as many Instagram accounts as possible. So I was reaching out to other destination photographers, other newer photographers, you know, just people. I was showing up super heavily online. And I think that also really launched me forward. 
I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there, and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. Did you know that how you choose to package your products can be a game changer for organic marketing? I know. Cool, right? Listen to this. If someone receives a package from you in a beautiful, branded design, they are much more likely to snap a photo and share about it online. Enter No Issue, a sustainable, customizable, branded packaging company for business owners. No Issue provides everything from customizable tissue paper, stickers, tape, stamps, and a 100% compostable mailer bag to put all of your goodies in. Customizing your product is so crazy easy. Just upload your logo, choose a design from their templates and colors, or you can upload a finished design of your own. No issue sent us some of their products, and honestly, we are freaking blown away. It's so blown sustainable, away. <laughs> it's high quality, and it's so dang cool to see your brand printed all over your packaging. Plus, it makes your brand look bougie as heck. Like, talk about high end. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ready to take your packaging game to the next level, you can use code HEART for 10% off at noissue.co. Happy packing! So overall, I just hustled to break into the destination space. I engaged super heavily with as many Instagram accounts as possible. I reached out to people. I showed up online. I was posting consistently. I was DMing people. I was asking questions. I was posting relatable content. I was reaching out to large feature wedding and elopement Instagram accounts and asking to do takeovers for them. I don't know if you guys remember, but Back in 2017, I feel like Instagram takeovers for feature accounts were a really big thing. And I had, you know, between two to 3,000 followers at that point. And I just pitched myself. I offered to shoot for them. I offered to take them behind the scenes on a, you know, a couple's adventure session in, you know, by the beach in North Carolina. Little did they know that it was a $100 really discounted couple session. And I was staying with my sister and brother-in-law to, you know, give myself the opportunity to travel down there. And I just began to do takeovers and pitch myself to brands. And I branded myself entirely at this point as an adventurous destination wedding and elopement photographer. And I hadn't even shot an elopement when I had started branding and marketing myself as an elopement photographer. All right. So now we're in the summer, fall of 2017. 
I was shooting a ton between my own weddings, second shooting, and discounted shoots. But honestly, most of what I was shooting wasn't stuff that I wanted to continue to shoot. So I only shared what I wanted to grow towards. So if you were to scroll way back in my Instagram feed to the summer of 2017, you'll see a lot of the same shoots multiple times. And that was honestly very intentional because I was trying to only share what I wanted to continue to shoot, even though I was shooting a lot of other stuff. So I was earning money from those other shoots. I was learning, I was growing, I was continuing to, you know, develop and expand and identify myself and my brand and my business, but I wasn't sharing everything. And I think that was really helpful in niching down very early, knowing exactly what I wanted to go towards and only marketing that. I didn't get stuck in this cycle of shooting a bunch of stuff I didn't want to shoot because I wasn't sharing that. So I used hashtags and geotags like crazy to market specifically to my ideal client and to the destination market. But even with all of that, I knew I needed more adventurous destination content. I also knew that I wanted to have an adventurous elopement in my portfolio if I was going to keep heavily marketing that I was an elopement photographer. So around the fall of 2017, summer, fall, I set up a styled shoot in Joshua Tree National Park. I planned, I coordinated, and I executed the entire thing, finding my models, getting all of my vendors, my dress, my florist, my macrame, everything. And by that point, I was already kind of beginning to step into education, you know, doing those takeovers for those big Instagram feature accounts had really opened the door for, you know, educating even newer photographers in how how to set up their business and what gear to use and lighting and all this stuff that I'd been doing for years. So I was already kind of stepping my toe into that world. And I had a few photographers find out that I was doing a Joshua Tree elopement and ask to shoot alongside me to get portfolio and learn. And so I invited them along. They paid, I think, one or 200 bucks or something for the whole shoot. And that helped cover a lot of my costs because honestly, even with that, I think I still spent like four to 500 bucks just in costs for me to travel out there, Airbnb, pay the vendors, like everything. And it wasn't the cheapest thing, but it was so good. And at that styled shoot, inquiries began to explode for more destination work. I was still working full-time at the Italian restaurant, but I was beginning to get more and more and more and more ideal destination inquiries. And I was stoked out of my mind. So here we are, fall 2017. I'm getting a lot of inquiries for destination work. I have myself entirely marketed as a adventurous destination wedding and elopement photographer, and I am working, oh my goodness, was I working overtime. I literally would work, you know, 50-ish hours at the restaurant because I was working just so much there. And then I would come home late at night and work late into the night and early morning on my photography. And then I would wake up early again and work more on my photography before going into work for like a double shift. I would sit in the back with my laptop during a lunch break, a 30-minute lunch break, shoveling down food with one hand and editing with the other. I would be answering client emails when I would go to the bathroom and I would be sitting on the toilet responding to my clients at HoneyBook. I mean, I am not kidding with the hustle that went into this season that I gave everything to my photography while still being fully maxed out with the restaurant. And so that's my kind of my season for most of spring, summer, and fall of 2017. And then in the winter of 2017, I believe it was like 
January 3rd or something, I flew out to visit Lindsay in Hawaii. And I set up three free styled shoots or couple sessions in Hawaii. They weren't styled shoots. I lied. They were (laughs) couple sessions in Hawaii. And I just shot there and my brain exploded with joy. I had shot in California and North Carolina and Virginia and Northern California and, uh, goodness, Massachusetts and all sorts of other places at this point, but I hadn't shot somewhere exotic and wild like Hawaii. And I could not believe my mind, my camera. I, it's lit something in me in that season that I can't even begin to explain. And while there, talking to Lindsay, she really pushed me and encouraged me of, Evie, why are you still working at the restaurant? And I was like, well, you know, I just want to, you know, take it slow and build my photography. And she just slapped some sense into me and was like, girl, you are way too good to be working at the restaurant still. You need to quit that thing. You've got to quit. And so on that trip in the beginning of January of 2018, I made the decision, no doubt in my mind, I had to quit the restaurant. So I went home. I should have quit months before, but I put in my two weeks. And at February of 2018, I was done with the restaurant. And that meant I had so much time on my hands. So in the winter of 2018, I began to go hard on my photography with all of that free time. I shot everything that came my way, which was honestly becoming more and more ideal clients. I traveled as much as I could. I blogged. I posted regularly on Instagram. I up-leveled everything in the back end of my business. I created, you know, branded pricing guides and wedding guides and, and outfit guides and just literally anything and everything that I could do. I, you know, redid my website and updated it again. And I was just working on literally anything and everything that I could in my business to get myself forward. So when I quit my job in the winter of 2018, I had five weddings and three couples sessions booked for the entire 2018 year. I knew I could book way more than that, but I wasn't able to capacity-wise because of the restaurant job. So by the time I quit and April rolled around, so about two months, I had booked 40 weddings, several of those were destination weddings, and 25 couple sessions. So a lot of those were couples destination shoots. And honestly, I think the biggest thing that grew me in that season was the fact that I was able to give my full time and attention because I'd already poured, you know, three, four years of work into my photography itself and even into building up my business. I had a really good website. I was blogging. I was posting. It was just a matter of I wasn't able to give full time and energy to my photography. And the minute I was, it took off. By the end of 2018, I had shot 40 weddings, 60 couple sessions, and taught 30 mentor sessions. That's literally 130 sessions of some kind that I had booked, and I was mind blown. Also, by the fall of 2018, I attended my first workshop and course as well. And the funny part of all of that is that we had already hosted two heart workshops at that point, and I had never attended a workshop, and I had never purchased an online course. So that was some irony for you. <laughs> 
So 2018 was a year of massive growth for me, and 2019 got even crazier. I shot destination weddings, elopements, couple session, mentor sessions around the globe. I traveled for 10 out of 12 months for both of those years. I shot over 300 couples, and I am slowing down way more this year in 2020 intentionally as I pivot into a new company that I'm starting. Shh, that's top secret and giving most of my attention to my education company as well. Hello, Heart University and this podcast, if you're listening. Whew, man, that was a mouthful. I am not going to lie. I'm sweating in my closet right now because it's just, that was a lot. <laughs> but I hope that kind of reveals my story a bit more and how I went step-by-step from a 15-year-old with a point-and-shoot camera and a desire to master a very challenging art form to a 20-year-old who was traveling the globe shooting adventurous destination wedding and elopement photographers and starting her own education company for photographers. I think There is a lot that I could pull from my story of lessons that you can take away. I hope you take away more than five, but I do want to highlight five lessons that I think are really important that you take away from my story. Number one is that growth requires time, hard work, and sacrifices. And the reality with that is that people usually won't see those grueling hours or sacrifices that you're making. There's an alternate title to this that I kind of like tossed around using, but success doesn't happen overnight. Because the reality is I spent two to three years working my butt off on my photography before I ever started pursuing it as a business. And that's a huge part of how I was able to grow so fast because I had spent hours upon hours, day after day, week after week, month after month, perfecting my skills with photography. And I poured blood, sweat, and tears into my craft before I ever turned it into a business. And for sacrifices, I made some financially. I paid for most of my travel expenses all of 2017. Uh, You know, for you, it might be investing in education, you know, giving up that hard-earned cash that maybe you'd like to use to buy something fun for yourself, but instead you're going to reinvest that into your business. Or, you know, emotionally, I moved back in with my parents. That was mentally and emotionally, you know, challenging for me, but I knew it was worth it. And it was a sacrifice that I was going to see rewarded down the road in my business. Or, you know, I made sacrifices time-wise. I was working 80 hours a week for about nine months. That was grueling. And most people weren't realizing the time and effort that I was putting into my business or the fact that I was working that much at the restaurant. So I just wanted to encourage you Growth really does happen oftentimes behind closed doors. It's what you are focusing on. It's what you're speaking into yourself. It's the hours, the time, the hard work that you're pouring into something that people may never see. And I don't want people to look at my story and see, oh, she went from three weddings in 2017 to, you know, a hundred shoots in 2018. Yes, I did, but I also poured hours and hours into my photography from 2015 through 2017. And I think that's something I wanted to highlight that you, my friend, need to give it time. Give it everything you've got. Give your full energy, your full attention, pour yourself into whatever you are trying to build and it will 
will absolutely work out in the end. It will turn around. But I don't want you to look at other people's stories. That comparison game, my friend, will kill you. Don't look at somebody else's story and assume just because you're seeing one tiny chapter of it that it's chapter one in their story because most likely it's probably not. Number two, your community can make you or break you. Honestly, guys, I think a big part of the reason that I was able to just grow and succeed so fast was because the people that surrounded me supported and challenged me so well. I want to encourage you to pursue the people who are a few or even many steps ahead of you. The same way I reached out to Sarah and Laura and Rachel and began to learn and grow and be mentored by them as I was getting into weddings, the same goes for you in whatever stage you are in in your business. That could be a mentor session or a course or a workshop. Invest in the people who already have gone where you want to go and can help you skip a few steps ahead and avoid the roadblocks and avoid the booby traps that are going to be in your way because trust me, there are a lot of them. Pursue people who are going to challenge you in that way and also surround yourself with friends and family and people who understand you, understand your vision, your goals, and they are going to challenge and encourage you along the way. And I want to encourage you, if people aren't respecting you or are trying to hold you back, kindly step away from that relationship for a bit. And I'm not saying, you know, to completely cut people off unless you feel that that's necessary. I'm just saying, if you're spending most of your time with somebody who doesn't think you can do photography, who doesn't believe in you, who isn't encouraging you or pressing you forward, maybe this is a season to just take a step back and surround yourself with people who will challenge you and encourage you. And one thing else that I want to point out here, challenging you is a good thing. My family has challenged me so many times. Lindsay challenged me when she was like, why the heck are you not going full-time, dude? You are an idiot. Go full-time. And I needed that. Challenging you is a very good thing. You don't want people on your team who are just going to be your cheerleaders who say, yay, yay, you're doing great when you're honestly failing. You want people who are going to call you out on your crap, who are going to push you forward, who are going to say what needs to be said, and who are going to see you succeed. But attacking is very different from challenging. So make sure you have that distinction in your relationship. Overall, I just think it is so freaking vital. The people you surround yourself with can make or break you. And I am not saying that lightly. I want to encourage you, surround yourself with people in your industry who are like-minded, who are going to push you forward, who are going to challenge you, who are going to encourage you, and who are going to believe in you. My family, I would not be where I am today without them. They constantly supported, helped, and believed in me. My parents took me back in when I wanted to live with them. They constantly encouraged me in my photography. They let me go out and travel. They supported me in any way that they could. My brothers and my sister also helped me with some of the business side of things. They would answer questions. They would be there for me. Lindsay, Laura, so many other people in my story were the same way. They constantly supported me and encouraged me. And honestly, I could not have done it alone. It is a team effort in so many ways. So make sure the people on your team are going to help you get to where you want to go. Number three, you, my friend, are more than your work. You need to show up as a human. So from day one, I was infused into my work. And I think that came naturally because of my theatrical self that desired to be the center of attention in everything. I'm kind of joking, but also kind of not. 
I was very personal in everything that I did. It was also my personal Instagram account that turned into my photography and personal account. And I think that was also a big part of just me showing up because everyone knew me, not just a random photographer. I showed up daily on my stories. I showed behind the scenes of my life, my travels, my work, my projects. And through that, people connected with me and not just my work, which was still growing at that point in time. My work wasn't the best photographer out there, but I was different from every photographer out there. And I think that drew more people. So yes, showing up means getting out of your comfort zone. And I know that that doesn't come naturally to everyone, but here's the reality. You don't grow in your comfort zone. So it's about time you broke out of that box. (laughs) Okay. Number four, get scrappy and think outside of the box. So This is just basic business principle that I really encourage any of my students or anyone who asks me, just think outside of the mainstream box. I rented wedding gear and photography gear for over a year for my weddings because I was reinvesting a lot of my income into traveling and breaking into the destination space. And so I couldn't afford, you know, a brand new Mark III or, you know, a brand new Canon prime lens. I rented that stuff for a while because it was so much cheaper. And I pursued, you know, my own styled elopement rather than waiting for my dream inquiry to just book me with no elopement portfolio whatsoever. And I honestly think booking as many shoots as I could when I was traveling on my own dime, let me remind you, that also really pushed me forward. I also worked my butt off at the restaurant because that gave me the money to be able to travel on my own dime. So I just want to encourage you, don't necessarily think, oh, I'm not a photographer. I don't have a, you know, a Mark III or, or a Mark IV or whatever. Go rent some gear to shoot that wedding. Go, you know, set up your own style shoot. Set up your own whatever you want to do. Think outside of the box. Create your own website the way I did until you can afford a designer. But just be intentional and and listen to free resources. If you're listening to this podcast, you are the bomb. This is great. Go back and listen to our episode with Sarah Crook on, you know, building a website and and build your own website if you need to or hire a designer, whatever. Just be very strategic with what you're doing and think outside of that box that you may have put yourself in. All right, number five, this is the big one. Serve and offer value from day one. I know that's pretty much the same as one of Lindsay's points. But we honestly, as we were talking through our stories and what we wanted the lessons to be at the end, we both agreed this is the number one most important thing that we could tell anyone. And so we both wanted to talk about this to try to get this point across because from day one, I was serving the heck out of my clients. I was helping brand new photographers figure out what camera to get and explaining the things that I had learned so far in my journey, even when I was only a few months or however long into my photography journey. I was sharing my heart, my life lessons that I was learning, life tools grown up with, business advice from day one. Look, we live in a world of take, take, take. We live in a world of it's all about me. I need you to serve me and bow to me and my needs. But when you show up and serve, you stand out and you are helping people from day one. It stops being about you. You get out of your own gosh dang head and you start looking out at your people. 
You learn how to meet their needs and solve their problems when your head isn't buried in your own little world. And so above any and every other thing that I did, I truly believe that this is the number one thing I did to grow so fast. I served in any way I possibly could, and people came and stuck around for that. And that is what you need to be doing. If you're not already, get out of your comfort zone and get out of your head. Look around at the people who are currently following along on your journey and ask yourself the question of what do they need from me? How can I serve them? How can I make their life better? How can I solve their problems and just show up for them as a real human being to give them value and serve them above and beyond their wildest dreams? Whether that's your clients or a random person following along on Instagram, I want you, as you end this episode, to just sit down and ask yourself, what can I do to serve my people? All right. That was a doozy. I hope you enjoyed my story. I hope it was encouraging or helpful or inspiring to some extent. If you have any follow-up questions or things that you want to hear from me, feel free to slide into my DMs at EvieRup on Instagram. Also, if you are not already a part of the Facebook community, the Heart and Hustle podcast, you really need to. It's an incredible community over there chatting about everything. And if you've listened to this episode and are touched by any part of it, please, please, please screenshot and share to your Instagram. I would love to see that you're listening and what you took away from it. I just want to chat with you in any way that I can. So don't hesitate to talk to me on Instagram. In the meantime, I can't wait to see you out there kicking butt.